Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right. Uh, I want to go to this uh, story here from uh, CBS News, uh, cbsnews.com. Tim, Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott slams florida's black history curriculum there is no silver lining in slavery there is no silver lining in slavery we're going to clip number one from nbc nightly news in just a minute Doug. there is no silver lining so senator tim scott a, a, a black tea party republican of south carolina the only uh african-american in the city republican uh and he's also a presidential candidate uh, that's not gonna go anywhere um, he's also a presidential candidate. On Thursday, uh, his uh, fellow presidential candidate, Florida Ron DeSantis, who will probably drop out of the race before Tim Scott will. Uh, and the, the state of Florida over its controversial standards on how black history is taught in middle school, which includes instruction on how, quote, slaves developed skills that could be applied for the their personal benefits, skills uh, that could be applied for the personal benefit, okay, or the personal benefit of some slaves, okay, some enslaved Africans. Uh, Senator Tim Scott said, quote, there is no silver lining, end quote, in slavery. Uh, when asked by a reporter following a town hall in suburban Iowa, uh, that element that element of Florida's responded to that element of Florida's uh, new social studies standards curriculum. He said what slavery was really about was separating families, abolating humans, and even raping their wives, Senator Tim Scott said, who is the Senate's only black Republican and who jumped into the 2024 presidential race in May. He said it was just devastating. So I would hope that every person in our country and certainly running for president would appreciate that. And, okay. Now he also suggested that Florida history standard uh, represents a question that will, that will and should uh, come up again on the campaign trail. All right. Now we know that um, representative Byron Donalds, but also representative John James, uh, freshman Congressman John James, Republican, uh, Black Republican from Michigan. Uh, John James, I guess he felt safe enough to speak out on this uh, topic. And I want you to hear the commentary from Roland Martin and Filter, because I went in on these Black conservatives. I don't have any respect for any of them, okay, to be honest with you. I really don't. Not because they're Republicans, but because of their actions and, and cowardice, okay? Uh, so if we look at this article here from NBCNews.com, Black Republicans rebuke Ron DeSantis over Florida history standards about slavery. The majority of Black Republicans in Congress have come out and criticized the Florida standards that teach about the personal benefit uh, Black people derive from slavery. Now, the only uh, black Republican who hasn't said anything is Burgess Owens, his former football player. Um, at times, some of the stupid things that Burgess Owens says, you would think he had chronic, chronic, chronic 
traumatic cephalopathy CTE. I don't know if he does. I wouldn't be surprised if if if, if he does. And also all these black republicans are against reparations as well. So when it comes time to do something about the legacy of slavery and, and help repair the damage, overwhelmingly they're they are against those policies, which is why I don't have any respect. Um so if we look here, uh Byron Donalds uh well, well Representative John James of Michigan and uh Representative Wesley Hunt of Texas. Uh, became the latest uh, black Republicans to speak out on Friday, this past Friday, July 28th. John James tweeted his disapproval saying that, quote unquote, nothing about slavery was a net benefit to his ancestors. Um, John James and Wesley Hunt are two of the five black Republican lawmakers in the House and the Senate, and they are both backing one of uh, DeSantis' rivals, former President Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump tried to invalidate the votes of 16.9 million African-Americans when he tried to overturn the 20 results on the line. And more evidence come, has come out that advisors around him told him that the election was not stolen and his ass lost. But he still wanted to lie. He wanted to lie on a black woman named Ruby Freeman. He wanted to lie on Shea Moss, her daughter, because of the lie that Rudy Giuliani told that put their lives in danger. And he sat up there and lied and said that they were passing a flash drive back and forth when they were counting the election results and that they were cheating and they were loading votes for uh, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And that was an absolute lie. Shea Moss testified in the January 6th committee that she was passing a ginger mint to her mother. And these two demons put the lives of black women in jeopardy. And you got these two Negroes, as well as uh, uh, Byron Donalds. You got Ron, John James uh, out of Michigan. You got West, uh, uh, Wesley Hunt out of Texas. You got Byron Donalds out of Florida. And they all support this traitor named Donald Trump to be president in 2024. This is just one of the many reasons why I have absolutely no respect for them. You can say, you can jump out here and say what you want to. Slavery was wrong. Everybody, most people know that. How do you support somebody like Donald Trump who tried to overthrow the government to stay in power? A fascist and a dictator like Donald Trump who will turn on your black ass in a moment's notice. This is why I have no respect for them. Let's continue. So you got, now Burgess Owens hasn't said anything. Maybe, but so we'll see if Burgess gets some courage to come out and denounce slavery also. Maybe he'll do like state representative uh, Kim Daniels out of Florida. And we posted the video of Kim Daniels on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network saying she thanked God for slavery. She's a black woman phenotypically, not consciously. She, Kim Daniels is one of the black people on the the the, the committee who, who uh, this new social studies standards coming out of Florida. She, she's a Democrat. She's one of the most conservative Democrats in the Florida state legislature. She says she thanks God for slavery. Let's go to, we, we're coming up on a, uh, we're coming up on a break uh, once again. And uh, let, 
Doug, let's go to clip number one. This is from NBC Nightly News from Friday, giving a recap of what happened. Let's go to clip one, please. Press play. Okay, uh, I'm maybe trying to get past an ad or something like that. Uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do that, and then on the other side of break, I want you to hear what happened on Roller Martin Unfiltered uh, as well. Okay, because on Roller Martin Unfiltered, we uh, we got into this discussion, and I disagree with Roland. These guys don't impress me saying slavery was wrong. These black Ro Doug, can you hear me? We still on the air? You get, can we go to clip number one? All right. Um, okay, so we'll wait on that to load up. All right, now. Uh, so when we look at these, uh, there, there was an article from Bay uh, Times that looked at the claims that are being made by the uh, Florida uh, Board of Education together these new social studies standards. Because what happened was, People are talking about the two black PhDs, right? Dr. William Allen. Dr. William Allen was interviewed on Fox News by uh, Jesse Waters, who replaced Tucker Carlson. Okay. Um, so, and uh, Dr. William Allen is defending uh, these standards, right? But if you read this article, and we talked about this last Sunday, okay? If you read this article from uh, uh, Doug, I don't hear anything. If you read this article from uh, Tampa Bay Times, picked up by Yahoo News, benefited from slavery. Critics say some of the state's examples were even slaves. So what happened was to defend the to, to defend the standards and to reject the criticism, the overwhelming criticism that is that has been coming, national criticism. Okay. They put out, uh, you had a spokesperson from the Florida Department of Education who, who gave samples that came from these African-American PhDs of African-Americans who they claim were slaves, 16 historic figures, who they claim were slaves, who benefited from the skills that they learned during slavery, okay? Now, the problem is, is that uh, at least half of these people, half of these people were never slaves. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstition WFDF on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. All right, I want to go to this first clip. This is clip number one uh, from, this is from uh, NBC Nightly News. This is from Friday, uh, July 28th, 2023. DeSantis responds to backlash uh, over new public school teaching standards. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is facing criticism over new public school standards in the state of Florida that teach, quote, how, they teach, quote, how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit, end quote. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, spoke with NBC News 
and said he and he is pushing back against quote unquote false narratives. This is from uh, uh, July uh, Friday, July twenty eighth. Let's go to this clip, please. And the former president shares the stage with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa for the first time tonight, all as DeSantis is pushing back against criticism of a new curriculum on slavery. He just spoke to Gabe Gutierrez. Tonight, Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa under fire. There's no silver lining in freedom in slavery. His GOP rival Tim Scott, the only black Republican senator, slamming the state of Florida for adopting new public school standards that teach how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. It's a line of attack first launched by Vice President Harris. They want to replace history with lies. Another black Republican member of Congress, Florida's Byron Donalds, who endorsed former President Trump, has also criticized that portion of the new standards. But DeSantis argues that line has been taken out of context. I would also note some of those congressmen are putting out information that's totally false. You've got to be willing to stand up and fight back against false narratives, uh, and that's what we do in Florida every day. One of the scholars who helped develop the Florida standards is also defending them. This curriculum is devoted to telling the truth, whereas Kamala Harris has retailed a lie. After laying off more than a third of its staff, the DeSantis campaign is trying to reset, holding more up-close events with voters and their families. Oh, what is that? An icing? Yeah, that's probably a lot of sugar, huh? While Mr. Trump is still dominating the field. If we make it about the vision for the future, we're going to win. Obviously, with me as the nominee, you know, we're going to focus on Biden's failures and our vision for the future. That's what the election will be about. If Donald Trump is the nominee, it's going to be about all those other issues. With all due respect, Governor, you're down by 30 points, though. Well, no, I mean, that, that says you. I mean, I can tell you, we've been in Iowa. I'm the one showing up at all these places. We're signing up people uh, day after day. Here in Iowa, tonight's Lincoln dinner will feature 13 GOP presidential hopefuls. All except Chris Christie. All right, Gutierrez, thank you. Okay, uh, pause right there. All right, so that was Governor Ron DeSantis uh, trying to defend these standards. Now, there's uh, something very interesting happened this past week as well uh there was an article from uh nbc news that uh we posted on our facebook fan page the african history network uh and if you missed this article uh take a look at this this deals with how most of the uh most of the people who were in the uh group that put together these standards most of these people did not want that language uh, in the social studies standards. Uh, this is an article from uh, NBCNews.com from Friday, July 28, 2023 by Janelle Griffith. Uh, most of Florida work group, most of Florida work group did not agree with controversial parts of state's new stand for black history members say, quote, most most of us did not that language, end quote, one group member said. So a, a majority, the article says a majority of the members of the Florida work, work group that developed new standards for teaching African-American history opposed the sections that have recently drawn criticism, including that middle schoolers be instructed that enslaved people 
uh, develop skills that could be used for their quote unquote personal benefit, three members of the work group said. The members who requested anonymity out of fear of reprisal told NBC News that the majority did not want to include that change or a requirement that high school students be taught about violence perpetrated by African-Americans, end quote, when learning about events like the Okoye massacre of the second 1920, which happened in Okoye, Florida, or the Tulsa race massacre, which began, began June 21st, 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So now what we have is more information coming out, which now puts Governor Ron DeSantis, African-American Republicans, many of them supporting Donald Trump, they're still brain damaged, but they disagree with this these social studies standards and this language. And then we have people on the inside who were in the work group who put together the language and they're saying most of the work group did not want this language. So the question that I would ask is who did want this language? The question I ask is who did want this language? Let's continue. So the standards, uh, see, uh, quote, most of us did not want that language, one member said, adding that two of the 13 of the group pushed to include those specific items. Two of the 13 members of the group pushed to include those specific items. Who were those two members? Why did the two way the other 11 what's the agenda of the two these are questions we should ask the standards created by the work group went on to be unanimously approved on july 19th by the florida board of education which oversees the education department state of florida the standards which are to be used by students in kindergarten through 12th grade have been widely criticized as propaganda and a sanitized version of history. Critics including Vice President Kamala Harris, historians, educators, and other, politi and other politicians have said, among other things, that the new standards attempt to mask many of slavery, including rape, murder, and forced labor, trying to portray it as an apprenticeship. Now, as I, I on this show before, and I said on Roller Martin Unfiltered as well, there are at least 262 skills, trades, and crafts that African people had in this country from 1619 1865. Some of them we brought with us, brought with us from Africa. Others we learned here, but we came from highly sophisticated civilizations. We came from the Songhai Empire. We, come, we came from the Congo. We came from West Africa. We came from Janae, and we, come, we came from uh, Senegal and, and things like this. We came from uh, Ghana and the Shanti Empire, etc. We already had skills. We didn't have to be captured, stripped of our humanity, stripped of our nationality, forbidden to speak our own languages, largely stripped of our 
uh, uh, history and culture and spiritual systems, et cetera, to be put into an apprenticeship program to hopefully one day be able to use our skills for our own benefit, either after slavery or if we could buy our way out of slavery or if we could run away and not be recaptured. So to try to make it seem like there was a silver lining to slavery is disingenuous. It's blatantly disingenuous. We're coming up on a break. On the other side of the break, I want you to hear the discussion that happened on Roland Martin and Filter. But let's continue here. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris said these extremist so-called leaders should model what we know to be the correct and right approach if we really are invested in the well-meaning of uh, well-being of our children. She said this uh, last week in Jacksonville, Florida, where she was joined by the president of the NAACP. Quote, they dare to push propaganda to our children. This is the United States of America. We're not supposed to do that, end quote. Okay. Now, the work group members who spoke to NBC News said that only two members of the group, William Allen and Francis Presley Rice, advocated for the criticized land. Now, William Allen, based upon what I'm talking to people like uh, historian Dr. Daryl Scott, uh, who's at Morgan State University, he was a history professor at Howard. William Allen has been brain damaged for a long time okay william allen was interviewed by jesse waters uh on um uh fox news you can go check out you can go check out that you also okay but william allen has been brain damaged for a long time we talked about these two now these are the two william allen and francis francis presley advocated for the language these are the two who put out the 16 examples of african-americans right half of them were slaves we're going to deal with all this on the other side of the break. I want you to hear what went down on Roland Martin Unfiltered as well. 910 AM Superstation WFDF on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation WFDF. Okay, call the numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. All right, I want to go back to this article quickly here. Uh, this 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 piece just came out uh, Friday, July 28, 2023. We posted it on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network. It's called Most of Florida Work Group Did Not Agree with Controversial Parts of State's New Standards for Black History Members Say. Okay, of the 13 members uh, on this uh, committee that put together these social studies standards, 11 of them did not want the language that talked about African-Americans gaining skills that, that, they, that they could possibly to benefit them after slavery. And also objected to the language uh, that uh, high school students be taught about violence perpetuated, perpetrated, by African Americans about events like the Okoy massacre of, uh, in Okoy, Florida, 1920, and the Tulsa race massacre, June 1st, 1921, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, one member said, Most of us did not want that language, adding that two of the 13 members of the group pushed to include those specific standards. Those two members were Dr. William Allen, who you saw on Fox News being interviewed by Jesse Waters, 
defending this nonsense and Francis Presley Rice, okay, Dr. Francis Presley Rice, the two black PhDs that Ron DeSantis keeps talking about, all right? The work group members who spoke to NBC News said only two members of the work group, Dr. William Allen, who's a black conservative, longtime black conservative, and Dr. Francis Presley Rice, another black conservative, advocated for the critic language. Allen and Rice, both black Americans, released a joint statement last week defending the new standards as, quote, comprehensive and rigorous instruction on African-American history, okay? The, the intent of this, quote, the intent of this particular benchmark clarification is to show that some slaves developed highly specialized trades from which they benefited, end quote, they wrote. This is factual and well-documented. Now, the member said that Dr. William Allen advocated for including that enslaved people benefited from skills that they learned. And Dr. Francis Presley Rice pushed to include that students learn about violence perpetrated against and by African-Americans. Quote, people were very vocal and questioned, quote, how there could be a benefit to slavery, end quote, one group member said about the language. Dr. William Allen, the member said, countered the arguments by using Frederick Douglass as an example. How, quote, however, Dr. William Allen is focusing on the few slaves who actually did learn something and keeps alluding to Frederick Douglass. One group did, quote, what he is saying is not accurate for most of the slaves, end quote. And, and examples that were given that we exposed on this show that I exposed earlier this week on a, a, a Doriel uh, Laria show on Facebook and YouTube. And we're rebroadcasting. I did an hour and 45 minutes on, on her show. The half of the examples that these two black PhDs gave, almost half of them, these people would never see. This all goes on to say, all three members described him, Frederick Douglass, in separate interviews as, quote, persuade, oh, sorry, oh, they're talking about William Allen. They described William Allen in separate interviews as been knowledgeable and said the group deferred to him. No. Two, I wish I'd been in that group. Oh, it'd been a fight. Oh, it would have been like WWE SmackDown. Oh, I wish I'd been in that group. Member said the matter was tabled for a later discussion and did not recall it ever being voted on. One of those members called the language final product, quote unquote, problematic and said the group quote, could have done a better job if it had been given more time to work. William Allen did not immediately return a request for comment Friday in response to the members' characterization of events. I, I, I hope that Roland Martin get the text, Roland. Bring his ass on Roland Martin and Filter. Make sure I'm on the show. Make sure you have Dr. Greg Carr and myself on Roland Martin Unfiltered when you have both Dr. William Allen and Dr. Francis Presley Rice on. You got to get them on. Fox, you can't have them on Fox. He Waters doesn't understand history. Bring his ass on with some people that understand history, okay? Have, you can have him on uh, Joanne Reed's show. Bring him on Roland Martin Unfiltered. We need to deal with this. This is nonsense. Now, let, let's, let's go, uh, Doug, we're going to clip number two. Because we run out of time here. Um, it, we discussed this on uh, Roland Martin and Filtered on Friday. Let's go to clip number two, uh, Doug.
A lot of conversations being taking place regarding Florida, how they're defining slavery, these benefits of African American, the benefits of the formerly enslaved, and how that benefited them later on. Well, Senator Tim Scott uh, decided to weigh in, and uh, hmm, looks like he rediscovered his black card. Press play. As a country founded upon freedom, greatest deprivation of freedom for slavery. There's, there's no silver lining in freedom, in slavery. The truth is that anything you can learn, that any benefits that people suggest you had during slavery, you would have had as a free person. What slavery was, was really about separating families, about mutilating humans, and even raping their wives. It was just devastating. So I would hope that every person in our country, and certainly running for president, would appreciate that. And listen, people have bad days. Sometimes they regret what they say, and we should uh, ask them again to clarify their positions. As a country founded upon freedom. People have bad days? How about bad public policy? All right, Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, he also was not happy with this from DeSantis. Y'all roll it if you got it. It was just devastating. So I would hope that every person in our I don't want Tim Scott. I want Byron Down but Donalds. Thank you very much. Take Tim Scott out of my ear. I want to roll Byron Donalds. He did an interview with uh, a Florida television station where he shared his comments on this uh, controversy, if you will. Obviously, slavery was terrible in our country. Uh, it was terrible for, for, for black people coming to America, and it was just flat-out wrong, no doubt about that. So that was Byron Donalds. Well, DeSantis, ooh, he ain't happy with these two blacks weighing in on this. This is how he responded. About what Tim Scott said. <laughs> you know, I think part of the reason our country has struggled is because uh, D.C. Republicans all too often accept false narratives, uh, accept lies that are perpetrated by the left, and to you know accept the lie that Kamala Harris has been perpetrating even when that has been debunked. Um, that's not the way you do it. The way you do it, the way you lead, is to fight back against the lies, is to speak the truth. So I'm here defending my state of Florida uh, against false accusations and against lies, and we're going to continue to speak the truth. What do you think about all right, so uh, interesting there, Michael. He calls Senator Tim Scott D.C. Republicans. Not happy with these two African Americans. Earlier he said, Byron Donalds, he should not be siding against me and his state. He should, be not, he should not be siding with Kamala Harris. He should be standing with the state. That tells you how they feel about them black folk over there. Yeah, he's trying to keep the Negroes in line. But but here's the thing, man. Uh, uh, I know you said that they rediscovered their blackness or something like that. It's only when it's convenient, okay? B because Byron Donald still supports Donald Trump. Well, okay? man, 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 I, he's, I, I, look, I, I get it. I get it. But, but, well, listen, no, no. but Michael, Michael, my, now, Michael, the whole point of rediscovering, I mean, I didn't say they rediscovered it for 24 hours. Only in that sound <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on. Let me, let, let me finish. So, so, so if you look at this, all right, Byron, Byron Donald still supports Donald Trump. Senator Tim Scott still believes racism doesn't exist. 
Now they admit that slavery was wrong. Okay. What, what they have nowhere else to go. Of course, they're going to have to admit slavery was wrong. Senator Tim Scott is still against the black farmers getting any type of restitution. Senator Tim Scott is no, still no, against no, 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 Michael, 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 I know what they're against. I just mm -hmm. want to speak to what they said and how to say this is response. I know all the other stuff. Right. Okay. But I want to stay yeah, and, on topic. Speak, speak to what they said and how DeSantis is responding. Yeah, but what they say, we also have to connect to what they do. So, yes. I, OK, so, yeah, they spoke out when it's convenient. OK, to, 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 to stand up and say slavery wasn't a positive. All right. And there and, and Ron DeSantis is trying who has a history degree from Yale University, by the way. Ron DeSantis is trying to deliver uh, to trying to defend the social studies standards coming from his Florida Department of Education. Uh, uh, they, they don't get any respect from me. OK, it's easy to jump and, and, and compare this to uh, um, um, Vice President Mike Pence. He had a moment of courage, January 6th. And now he's back to being a coward. Okay, so they, they uh, and now now my my thing is, where is your policy to fall in line with what you just said? See that's see that it's easy to jump out there and say this when it's convenient, and there, and, and most of, and the majority of America knows that uh is is wrong to try to position slavery as somehow it benefited African Americans, even though, like I said last week, there are some instances where you had African Americans who uh gained uh a skilled trades and were, were able to use them. Kofi, who was Paul Cuffey's father, was one of them. And his father gained gained his freedom. Okay? But um no, no. They don't they, they don't get any respect from me. Uh, they're still, the, the, I still I, have the same I, opinion of them. I got it. I got and, it. And, 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 I got and it. And I want to know what's your I got policy it. to fall in line with I got it. Your, I got it. You I got it. I got it. I got it. You ain't got to repeat yourself. You Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right. Be sure to visit my website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Register for the 12-week uh, online history classes that I teach uh, on the weekend, Saturdays and, and Sundays. Uh, Saturday, um, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I teach Ancient Kemet, one of the original names for Egypt, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they then teach you. Uh, we had a great class on um, uh, Saturday, July 29th. Next, next class is on August 5th, 12th, 19th, to 26th. The sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. We deal with thousands of years of history, what leads to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles. There's about 80 to 100 articles uh, that we reference. Uh, I show you the excerpts of the book on the screen. We have video clips. So we get deep into this history and we study this history chronologically. Then Sundays, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time is black resistance movements from the Haitian Revolution, U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, the Black Power Movement, 1800 to 1968. Okay. And we go through and look at that history chronologically, that crucial period of history from 1868. Next class is uh, uh, Sunday, August 6th. Okay. So you can register for the classes right now. And um, even after course is over with, you still have full access uh, to the class. So a year from now, two years from now, you can watch the, uh, go back and watch the entire course. Okay. Um, and you can use this with your children. The content I would say is PG-13. 
let me let me let me unpack this a little bit because this is my show, not rolling. So so I have time to do this. It's easy to jump out there and say slavery was not a positive. Slavery was wrong. There was no silver line in the slavery. It's, it's, it's easy to say that. But when it comes time to support policies to repair the damage of a legacy of, of slavery, Jim Crow segregation, redlining, housing discrimination, discrimination when it comes to getting loans, racism, et cetera, these guys, over, these black Republicans overwhelmingly vote against that. Okay, Byron Donalds of Florida and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina both voted against the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Now, they'll sit up there and talk about how great a man John Lewis was. But when it came to do something that deals with the legacy of slavery and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, absolutely deals with a legacy of slavery when it comes to voting. And if you don't think it does, that means you don't understand history. The reason why you needed a John Lewis Voting Rights Act is because of what happened in 2013 because of uh, Shelby County versus Holder U.S. Supreme Court case, okay? Uh, which struck down section four of the uh, 1965 Voting Rights Act. If we look at this article here, uh, from history.com and it deals, we deal with this in, in my classes, uh, but it deals with how Jim Crow era law uh, suppressed the African-American vote for generations. How Jim Crow era law suppressed the African-American vote for generations. This is why I say your understanding of politics is directly related to your understanding of history. And I hear all these people talking out, out, talking out here I can tell most of them don't understand history, no clue what they're talking about. How Jim Crow era laws suppressed the African-American vote for generations. In the wake of the passage of the 15th Amendment of 1870 and Reconstruction, Reconstruction was 1865 to 1877, several Southern states enacted laws that restricted Black Americans' access uh, to vote, okay? So make a long story short, uh, you had about 2,000 African-American men uh, who were elected to public office in uh, uh, during Reconstruction, okay? Mississippi led the way in using measures to circumvent the 15th Amendment, okay? So you have the Mississippi State uh, Convention of 1890 to rewrite the Mississippi State Constitution to uh, impose a literacy test and poll tax for eligible voters because they're trying to suppress the African-American vote. This was a this was a state that had a majority African-American population and the majority of the voters were African-Americans, okay? Uh, John, uh, James Vardaman in 1890, who served in the Mississippi uh, State Legislature at the time of the convention said, there is, no, uh, there is no use to equivocate or lie about the matter, okay? In Mississippi, we have in our constitution legislated against the racial peculiarities of the Negro when that device failed will resort to something else, end quote, all right? The impact of this legislation in the Mississippi State Constitution in 1890 was swift. By 1910, registered voters among African-Americans dropped to 15% in Virginia and under 2% both Alabama and Mississippi because all these other Southern states start to do what Mississippi did. What Mississippi did was called the Mississippi Plan. 
the Mississippi Plan of 1890. Okay. Now, if we look at this, uh, if we look at this article here from, if we look at this article here from uh, the Washington Post. Okay, and this is an important piece, Washington Post. And it's called the Mississippi Plan to Keep Blacks from Voting in 1890. All right. Now, if you haven't heard about the Mississippi, the Mississippi, Mississippi State Constitution, parts of it are still in effect. We're still dealing with the effects of this today. And the U.S. Supreme Court just a couple of weeks ago refused to hear a challenge to Section 241 of the Mississippi State Constitution, which deals with felony disenfranchisement, which was written into law in 1890 to suppress the African-American vote. The, read this article here from the Washington Post. The Mississippi plan to keep blacks from voting in 1890. We came here to exclude the Negro. This article is from May 1st, 2021 by Ronald G. Schaefer. Okay. Now, the, 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 the man who, who presided over the convention, his name was Solomon Saladin Calhoun. He was a white county judge. Okay. He put the voting issue bluntly. Let's tell the truth if it burst at the bottom of the universe. We came here to exclude the Negro. We came here to exclude the Negro. Short of this will answer. This is why they had the Mississippi State Convention of 1890 to take full control of the, the state government and local government to lock African Americans out of political power. Delegates eventually adopted a literacy test poll tax geared to suppress the black vote. Geared, they, didn't, they didn't fear us exercising. They feared us having black power black political power they instituted a literacy test and poll tax geared to suppress the black vote state with a black majority the mississippi plan a model throughout the south part of a raft of racially oppressive jim crow laws that ended reconstruction okay so what happened was now when president joe biden and vice president kamala harris when they when when they won the 2020 this caused a new clash to suppress the African-American vote based upon the big lie that the traitor-in-chief, Donald Trump, keeps pushing. And this caused Republicans to, to pass uh, 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 34 new laws in 19 states geared towards voter suppression. Okay? Now, other southern states started adopting what Mississippi did. You have South Carolina in uh, 1895, Louisiana, 1898, Alabama, 1901. Uh, you had Georgia, Oklahoma, etc. All right. Now, when we go, if we go back to this article from from history.com, the the History Channel. Okay. All right. We're, we're coming up on break. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call and number if you have a question or comment. I'm connecting all this history together to what is taking place right now. And when it comes time to repair the damage of a legacy of slavery, largely black Republicans who jump out and say slavery was wrong and there was no benefit, largely they're null and void. They vote against these policies. The, the, you needed the John Lewis Voting Rights Act because of what happened in Mississippi in 1890. We'll be back from the break in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show. Okay, call the numbers 313-778-7600. Okay, Elaine, you called and hung up. Call back because I was going to come to you. 313-778-7600. Okay, we have people listening from across the country. So when you call in, you may have to hold for a little while. Okay. Um, 
Okay, I want to go back to this article here. This is from history.com, official website of the History Channel. And this article deals with uh, how Jim Crow era laws suppress the African-American vote. Okay, this is why you need a John Lewis Voting Rights Act and all the black Republicans in the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate voted against the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. They talk about how great Dr. King was. They talk about Rosa Parks, John Lewis, Fannie Lou. You have these black Republicans, John James of Michigan, Byron Donalds of Florida. You have Senator Tim Carolina. You have Wesley Hunt of Texas, right? And they talk about how bad slavery was. There was no slavery. Slavery was not a positive for African-Americans. When it comes time to pass policies to deal with the legacy of slavery, to help to help to repair the damage of a legacy of slavery, Jim Crow segregation, redlining, voter suppression, housing discrimination, etc. Overwhelmingly, generally speaking, these black Republicans vote against our own interests. That's why what they say means absolutely nothing to me because their actions keep contradicting their pretty words. This is why I said what I said on Rolling Show. This means they, they, it means absolutely nothing to me. When you vote against the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that speaks it speaks much louder than than what you say on a campaign trail or what you say on a TV show or on. Okay, now let's go back to this article here because this shows the connection between history and policy and what we're dealing with today. Okay, now in um. Okay, so the impact of the legislation, uh, Mississippi State Convention of 1890, and what the other southern states did after 1890. And keep in mind, in 1889, they passed their poll, they, they passed their law legalizing poll before Mississippi did it in 1890. Okay, the impact of the legislation was swift. By 1910, registered voters uh, among registered voters among African Americans. Uh, dropped to 15% in Virginia, the state of Virginia, and and under 2% in both Alabama and Mississippi. Alabama, where uh, Carrie, uh, uh, Carly Russell is, Alabama, and Mississippi. Alabama was ground zero for the 1965 Voting Rights Act, the Selma to Montgomery March. Montgomery is the capital of Alabama, 1965, March 7, 1965. Bloody Sunday, Alabama. This is Alabama, okay? And Alabama rewrote their state constitution in 1901 to codify for the purpose of codifying white supremacy. That's not me saying that. That's the Encyclopedia of Alabama's online. You can read it, okay? So, uh, and under 2% in both Alabama and Mississippi, according to historian Donald G. Nyman in his book, Promises to Keep African Americans in the Constitutional Order, 76 to the Present. In the 1898 Williams versus Mississippi U.S. Supreme Court ruling, two years after Plessy versus Ferguson 1896 Supreme Court ruling, Williams versus Mississippi, the U.S. Supreme Court held that poll taxes, uh, that poll that, that that the state's poll tax, the state of Mississippi's poll tax, disenfranchisement clause, grandfather clauses, and literacy tests on the basis that the new Constitution did not discriminate between the races. And it has been shown that their actual administration was not evil, only that evil was possible under them. So the U.S. Court in Williams versus Mississippi, 
negotiate, upheld these poll taxes, thirsty tests, et cetera, which were means to go around the 1870, which guaranteed the right to vote for African-American men. The Williams versus Mississippi ruling of 1898 eased the implementation of voter suppression statutes in many other Southern states, including Louisiana, South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, Virginia, and, and, and Georgia. John B. Knox, Alabama delegate to that state's 1901 convention where they rewrote their state constitution in the state of Alabama. John B. Knox revealed the mindset of white legislature, of white legislatures when he stated that, quote, the convention's goal, the convention's goal is to establish white supremacy in the state with the limits imposed within the limits imposed by the federal constitution end quote this is in alabama 1901 okay while many of the voting suppression measures could also impact poor white people they disproportionately impacted africans you had literacy tests okay now in mississippi you had to read you had to be able to explain to the satisfaction of the registrar one of the approximately 250 sections of the Mississippi State Constitution. Oftentimes, the registrar was functionally illiterate themselves. Okay? So you had literacy tests. Illiterate white people were often excluded from these literacy tests through the use of grandfather clauses. The grandfather clause was implemented in Louisiana in 1898 when they, re when they rewrote their state constitution. And it stated that if your grandfather prior to 1867 could not vote, most likely because he was a slave, then that means you can't vote. Okay? This was a way to get around the 15th Amendment. All right, you have poll taxes. We had to pay a, a tax to register to vote. While Southern legislatures claimed that poll taxes for voting were designed to raise state revenue to many white poll leaders. The main purpose was to suppress the African-American vote. Quote, the newspaper, this newspaper believe, quote, this newspaper believes in supremacy. This newspaper believes in white supremacy, said a Tuscaloosa, Alabama news editorial in 1939, quote, and it believes that the poll tax is one of the essentials for the preservation of white supremacy and blatant with it. All you got to do is go back and read this. They were blatant with this. Eleven states in the South had laws that required citizens to pay a poll tax before they could vote. The taxes, which were one two dollars per year, disproportionately impacted registered voters. OK. All right. So read that. Then you had all white primaries like in Texas. That's going to lead to a U.S. Supreme Court lawsuit about 1940, 19, 1940. Lonnie E. Smith. Yep. Uh, uh, 1940. Uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, was the attorney on that case. And that goes to the U.S. Supreme Court. Smith versus Allwright, 1944. Smith versus Allwright, U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Smith versus Allwright that the Texas all-white Democratic primary system was unconstitutional. Okay, now, fast forward. The 1965 Voting Act. The reason why you needed the 1965 Voting Rights Act is because of what happened in Mississippi in 1890 and what, the, what those other southern states did, all right? Then you had Shelby County, so it made all that illegal, all right? The, uh, signed into law 95 years after the 15th Amendment of 18 was ratified into the U.S. Constitution. The Voting Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 outlawed discriminatory voting practices in southern states, such as literacy tests, poll taxes, 
sisters and grandfather causes that designed by Southern legislatures to suppress the African-American almost as swift as the resistance to black voters participation had been nearly a century early. So had the response to legislation in 1965. The South was furious when the, the, when the Voting Rights Act passed and President Lyndon Baines Johnson signed law. The South was furious. Within a year, only four of the 13 Southern states had fewer than 50% of African, fewer than 50% of African American residents. Then the South rises again and the empire strikes back with Shelby County versus Holder in court case of 2013. Shelby County is in what state? Alabama. Who is Holder? Attorney General Eric Holder. Shelby County in Alabama, Attorney General of the United States, Eric Holder, the first African-American Attorney General to weaken the 1965 Voting Rights Act because they because they wanted their country back. They wanted to suppress the African-American vote. In, in 2013, the U.S. Supreme Court walked back part of the 1965 Voting Rights Act when it ruled in the 5-4 vote that constrained certain states and federal review of states voting procedures were outdated. In the wake of the Shelby County versus U.S. Supreme Court decision, several states have enacted laws limiting voter uh, voter access, including voter re ID requirements it's on early voting, mail-in voting, and more. When you go look at what happened, you go research this. Within 24 hours of Shelby County versus Holder, then 24 hours of that state started passing new voter ID laws. In, in the 2016 presidential election, now this was 2013, in the 2016 presidential election, do you know that there were two, there were 868 fewer polling places? There were 868 fewer polling places. Why? B because what this did was this struck down this weekend section four of the Voting Rights Act, which dealt with oversight. In the 1965 Voting Rights Act, states that had a history of uh, poll taxes and literacy tests trying to impede uh, African-Americans from voting. If they wanted to uh, change the locations of polls, change how many Sundays you could have souls to the poll voting or how many days you could have early voting, they had to get permission from a federal judge, okay? The Shelby County versus Holder struck that down and made it easier to uh, uh, made it easier to suppress the African American vote and make these changes. So in the twenty in the twenty sixteen presidential election, there were eight hundred and sixty eight fewer polling places. The majority of them that were shut down were in areas that had a high African American population. Okay, uh, we're coming up on a break. We'll be back in, in a few minutes. Listen to the After History Network show, Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. 18,868. You were just a second. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right, I got to hurry up and finish this because we got we got a couple more segments to get to. All right, so this is a deep history lesson. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement, okay? Politics influences every aspect of our life, from the watery drink to the food we eat to the air we breathe. 
All right, now, right before the break, I was talking about how, as a result of Shelby County versus Holder, U.S. Supreme Court case of 2013, which weakened Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act, which dealt with uh, 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 preclearance, there were 868 fewer polling places in the 2016 presidential election. How many people knew this? I've done lectures while I dealt with this. We talked about this here numerous times on Africa. History Network show. There was an article from the Nation Dr. Berman that's been taken down. I don't know why. Maybe it's under a different title. But this one right here. This is from Vox.com. Southern states have closed down at least 868 polling places for the 2016 election. The shutdowns follow a Supreme Court decision that limited federal oversight of, of elections. Now, all this, so we have to connect the dots here. 2012, President Barack Obama gets uh, elected to a second term. The percentage of African Americans who voted in the 2012 presidential election, it was 66% of African Americans registered to vote, voted. This was the first presidential election. I mean, I, I want everybody to understand this. The 2012 presidential election, where Barack Obama's Mitt Romney, was the first presidential election in history where the percentage of African-Americans registered to vote who actually voted was greater than the percentage of white people who was registered to vote actually voted. 66% of African-Americans registered to vote voted in the 2012 presidential election. This scared the hell out of a lot, out of a, a lot of white people, not all white people, because a lot of white people voted for Obama. This scared the hell out of a lot of white Republicans. What they did, they struck back in the courts. And because most of our people don't understand history and don't understand law, when these attacks and threats come, we don't see them coming. They struck back in the courts because this is one of the ways white people fight back. Okay, now, um, um, Project Hope, John Hope Bryant. Project Hope, okay? He does a lot of good work with repairing people's credit and financial things like, the, you know, uh, financial issues, buying homes, what have you. And he, he's been on Roland Martin and filtered a number of times. John Hope Bryan says, you, you, you can't find a neighborhood where the credit score is 700 or over where they have riots, okay? I totally disagree with that. The problem is John Hope Bryant with all due respect, doesn't understand history. And he's thinking the way white people rebel and riot is the same way African-Americans rebel and riot. No, it's not. 1966, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, a riot is the language of the unheard. A riot is the language of the unheard. White people are not unheard. White people fight back in the courts. They fight back in the state legislature. They fight back at the ballot box. Okay, January 6th insurrection, okay, is how historically one of the ways white people used to fight back. But historically, when you when you look at the, the race massacres and things like this, they didn't take place in white neighborhoods. They didn't go tear up their neighborhoods. They came into our neighborhoods with this. The Okoye Massacre, November 2nd, 1920. Colfax Massacre, 1873. Pittsburgh Massacre, Mississippi, 1874. Opelousa Massacre, 1868. Wilmington, North Carolina, 1898. 
1921, June 21st, June 1st, 1921, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they come into our neighborhoods, they come into our communities with their rights. They don't do that in their own community. Rosewood, Florida, January 1923, they come into Rosewood, Florida, which had a population of about 200 African-Americans. There's only one white family that lived in Rosewood. This is what happens when you don't understand history. You think the way white people fight back is the same way African-Americans rebel and riot. No, it's not. But because we don't understand history and don't understand how white people fight back, how people, white people rebel at the ballot box in the state legislature, in the courts, in the U.S. Supreme Court, we didn't see this attack coming. And this helped Donald Trump win in 2020, which was set up by Shelby County versus Holder in 2013, which weakened the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Because we don't understand the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which came about because of Mississippi 1890, because we don't understand Mississippi 1890, which came about as a result of the collapse of Reconstruction in 1877, because we don't understand Reconstruction, we're here today, still being getting our behinds kicked, okay? Read this right here. Uh, 800, let's see, but a new report from the Leadership Conference Education Fund, a civil rights organization, organization find other potential effect counties previously monitored through the voting rights act of 1965 have closed down at least 868 polling places since the supreme's decision in 2013 16 a reduction among the counties analyzed in the study and out of 381 counties in the study, about 43% of them cut back on voting locations. The report only looked at about half of the counties previously covered by the Voting Rights Act due to some limit in the available data. Read the rest of this article, okay? Now, 2020 presidential election, there were approximately 1,700 fewer polling places as a result of Shelby County versus Holder, if it keeps on giving the white supremacists. So there was an article, let's see here, which one was that? Uh, it's almost 1,700 fewer polling places in the 2020 presidential election. Let's see, with, uh, which one was that? I can't put my US eliminated. Okay. Vice.com. Let's look at this here very quickly. Go read all these articles. Proper documentation ends all conversation. This is from Vice.com. This is from uh, October 20th, 2020, the month before the 2020 presidential election. All right, look at this here. Uh, let's increase the size of this. Just a second here, let's pull up this article. All this is connected to history, okay? And a people's history and culture teaches them how to deal with the problems of the past in the present and the future to meet the needs of the community. Now this article is from vice.com, October 20th, 2020. And it's coming up, I'm waiting for this to load up. Okay, the US eliminated nearly 21,000 election day polling locations for 2020. The U.S. eliminated nearly 21,000 election day polling locations for 2020. This is written by Cameron Joseph, 
and and Rob author for Vice.com. Um, exclusive Vice news analysis shows a 20 pen cut in election locations nationwide and much deeper cuts in California, Maryland, Kentucky, New Jersey, Nevada, and and uh, North Dakota. Okay, uh, let's see here. It uh, let's see. I want to go to. All right. All right. Just, just, just read that article here. I don't have time to get into it. Just read that article. All right. Now, um, for the, okay. So let's connect all this together for the sake of time. As I said about 20 minutes ago, the U S Supreme court refused to hear a case regarding section 241 of the Mississippi state constitution of 1890. Okay, and th so this article here from uh, this article here from NBCNews.com deals with this. Let's see. Go to this here. Let's pull up this article here from NBCNews.com. All right. The 6-3 conservative U.S. Supreme Court, because Donald Trump got three Supreme Court justice nominations with the help of Mitch McConnell. Supreme Court rejects challenge to Jim Crow era Mississippi voting law. The state constitutional amendment from 1890 was intended to disproportionately remove voting rights from black people convicted of certain crimes. It is still in the Mississippi state constitution today in 241. This article is from June 30th, 2023. This shows you directly how the history of the past is impacting harm upon African-Americans today. So all these black conservatives who want to say slavery is over with, Jim Crow is over with, that has nothing to do today. You are a lie. You are lying. And you know you are lying. The U.S. Supreme Court on Friday rejected a challenge to a constitutional amendment adopted by the state of Mississippi during the racist Jim Crow era aimed at preventing black people from Voting. The justices left a law barring certain felons from voting, which the state says is no longer tainted by the racist intentions of its original authors because it has subsequently been updated on two occasions. Not occasions talking about a big deal. I only think of you on two occasions. They're talking about something else. We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. Listen to the After History Network show on Michael M. Hotel, 910 AM Superstation WFDF. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Okay, when you go to our website, uh, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, we have the information right on the homepage of the website, and it's also in the thread here of the broadcast. Uh, you, you can register for the online history classes. If you learn anything about history today, my online history classes will totally blow you away. We do them Saturdays and Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As soon as you register for me, you can start watching the content. You can join us in class uh, this come for, for the live classes, okay? When you scroll down the page, we have our PayPal Cash App information. Our Cash App tag is dollar sign, the A-H and show, S-H-O-W. When you click on it, it takes you right over. Uh, there's some fake African History Network cash app accounts out there. That's why I put this graphic together. I'm trying to get the fake one shut down. Uh, our tag is dollar sign the A H and show S H O 
Michael W. When you go to it, it'll say Michael. Make sure my picture. Okay. All right. Now, uh, U.S. Supreme Court just in, in, in June of 2023, U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear this case uh, dealing with Section 241 of the Mississippi State Constitution. Uh, which disenfranch which deals with felony disenfranchisement. It was targeting African Americans. It was put in place at the Mississippi State Convention of 1890. Read this article from news.com. Supreme Court rejects challenge to Jim Crow era Mississippi voting law. All right, now this article here from that's from NBCnews.com. Now this article here from the Mississippi Free Press, uh, Mississippi Free Press.org goes even more in depth into it. And it shows the dissenting opinion from um, uh, just uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. Okay. Mississippi Jim Crow felony voting law will remain after Supreme Court denies appeal. June 30th, 2023, written by Ashton Pittman. Okay. For the Mississippi. Okay. Right here. This is what we need to focus in on right here. Uh, the U.S. Let me blow this up here. The U.S. Supreme Court. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson uh, recounted the law's history today in a dissent against the court's refusal to take the case. Justice Sonia Sotomayor joined her. Uh, Jesse, uh, I think, the, yeah, Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson wrote the quote, the president of the 1890 Mississippi Constitutional Convention said it plain, quote, let tell the truth if it burst to the mother universe we came here to exclude the negro we came here to exclude the negro nothing short of this will answer this is this is the quote that i share with you Sol judge solomon saladin this is what he said 1890 jessica tanji brown jackson went on to say to further that agenda the, the convention placed nine crimes in section 241 of the Mississippi State's Constitution as basis for disenfranchisement, believing that more black people would be convicted of those crimes than white people, end quote, Supreme Court Justice Jessica Tanji Brown Jackson wrote. She went on to say, quote, eight of those crimes have remained in section 241 since 1890 without interruption. Thus, the convention avowed goals continue to be realized the chosen mechanism today just as in the conventions aftermath thousands of black mississippians cannot vote due to 241's operation end quote okay now during the reconstruction era newly emancipated okay we, we, can, we don't have time to do all that read, read the rest of that uh the later revised they later revised resolution changing white rule to intelligent rule so what it said was is that uh the duty of uh okay Read the rest of that. We're out of time here. Uh, this shows you directly how these policies of the past that are a legacy of slavery are directing impact, directly impacting African Americans today and continue to inflict the harm. This is when we deal with repairing the damage of a legacy of slavery or what people collectively call reparations. Some people don't know what reparations is. We have to reparations is not just a check. Because we all got a million dollars a day. White people have it all back by this time next week. And these harmful policies will still be in place. You have to study the laws and policies that were put in place that created these structural inequities that continue to inflict the harm to understand the damage that has to be repaired.
Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.